And we're back here on Canadian Football Countdown, CFL Free Agent Frenzy 2023, kicking off our number five. We've been live for four hours. We're halfway through our day here already. Uh, some big signings have come in, many more still left on the board. And here to join us to talk about all the major news throughout the day is Robert Dalton from the Rouge Radio Podcast, who looks like he could be joining us live on location somewhere out in the field. We've got a reporter out in the field here. Daltz, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, not too bad. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, I'll just I'll, I think it's too soon to make a uh, spy balloon joke that I'm not that on the scene. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. That I'm uh, that I'm on location. I just nobody. I don't want anybody to know where I am. But <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Uh, well, welcome here today. Uh, happy to have you here on the program to chat about everything going on with CFL Free Agency. I know you've been keeping the tabs on things throughout the day, throughout the past week with the negotiation window as well. Let's start off with getting your takes on uh, what is the biggest uh, bombshell to you that we've seen so far today? Uh, I think with legal tampering, there really hasn't been anything that's, the, you know, any particular signing that really would I would qualify as a bombshell. The closest thing would be that as of like 10 minutes ago, the Bombers are all of a sudden looking for a backup quarterback. Uh, looks like Dakota Prukop is uh, heading his way down to the USFL. Um, I know Drew Brown had some uh, had had some quality uh, snaps last year, but looks like the Bombers are going to be in the market for a backup quarterback. And uh, the options are actually really few and far between now that uh, guys like Dom Davis are signed, uh, Caleb Evans are signed. Uh, so like, like I said, the options are few and far between one thing I really have, uh, really surprised of is that, um, Toronto, how, how, uh, manic they are in the, in signing free agents, you know, as a reigning gray cup, as much as it hurts this bomber fan to say that, uh, the reigning gray cup champions are not resting on their laurels. So I thought maybe that they would try to run it back with, uh, with a, a good portion of their team, but, uh, no, they're going in there, uh, just recently making an official that a Darius Pickett is going to solidify that linebacking court. Yeah. The Argos mostly focused today on re-signing a lot of their own, uh, players from last season, but a couple of additions like a Darius Pickett, they made that big trade for Jordan Williams from BC I guess let's get your guys' reactions out. We don't see trades too often in the CFL. This is an interesting one. One of the top linebackers for the BC Lions requesting a trade to go uh, over to Toronto to be closer to home. Uh, I guess, you know, at the same time, we can talk about how Dominic Rhymes requested a trade originally before they gave him a raise in a contract extension. So uh, what do you think, Daltz? Is there a trouble brewing in bc with you know they've lost a couple of big pieces now you have a couple of guys that were requesting trades seems like it was a good year for them last year but uh not sure where they're at currently in the offseason well i think uh you know i think there were high uh I, I think there were low expectations for bc last year i think everybody myself included kind of anticipated that with a first-year starter like nathan rourke um outside of brian burnham there were guys that didn't have the CFL ped uh, pedigree of uh, of what the BC Lions receivers had last year. Um, so I think they kind of overachieved. Uh, and not not taking anything away from them, but I don't think anybody really anticipated the the success that they had offensively last year. Um, so I think there was a lot of people that you know, you know 
internally maybe they wanted to see you know what kind of money what kind of raise that they got and given how low of the financial windfall that uh, nathan work was was uh, getting them it's it, I, I think there were some players that kind of saw that hey Nathan Wark's gone. We've got Vernon Adams, who's probably not going to get that much more than than what he was when he was traded to BC last year. I'm seeing what the the league market for wide receivers are. I want to get in on this, and uh, and you know, in this day and age, we're not going to fault the players. I don't agree with the way he went about it uh, when referring to Dominic Grimes, you know, requesting a trade. Could have just easily said, "Hey, this is what I want. What can you do to give it to me?" Uh, now we just talked about moves the Argos have made. It looks like they've made another one here, bringing in American defensive lineman Thomas Costigan. Uh, Costigan, one of the youngest uh, pieces that was a mainstay on a DUI in the last year, going over to the Toronto Argonauts. There, so another another little move for the Argos to make. They're probably trying to offset, you know, Jagarin Davis going uh, across to Hamilton, perhaps Shane Ray being a free agent there. Uh, Adam, let's go to you. What do you think on, uh, on the Argos making a move here? Yeah. You know what? I'm quite excited to see what the Argonauts are doing here. I mean, they look like they're rebuilding. They're getting younger again. I mean, I don't think they're going to sign Henoch Mwamba back just because of the uh, signings that they've made already. Uh, off season or this off season, so I'm kind of excited to see what the Argonauts are actually going to accomplish here in the next little bit. I mean, they've they've got McManus back under contract. Uh, they should be a pretty good team coming up here. Um, uh, what do you call it, Dolce? I got one question here for you though. I think the biggest signing hole this season here was the Montreal Alouettes being signed back by the CFL. Unfortunately, uh, just want your uh, thoughts a little bit on uh, what's all been going on in Montreal. And is this really going to affect it for signing free agents or or not? Uh, signing free agents, no. Uh, quality free agents, pros- possibly. Um, and the reason why is, you know, the legal tampering period, uh, you know, it's been reported that Danny Machocha was not given the green light to sign a lot of players or at least talk to a lot of players, um, specifically in regards to the signing bonuses, which is very popular around this time. Uh, so I think they, you know, they wanted to get a leg up with the legal tampering, but they're just they're, they were just handcuffed with what they weren't able to do. Now that the CFL is has owned and Danny Mac has that uh, that green light, you'll see him a li- uh, you know a little bit more active in free agency. But the big fishes that you kind of want them to to go after are gone. Um, unfortunately, as as you already know, Harris, Eugene Lewis. Uh, another name that that escapes me they're gone so they're gonna to have to recoup those kind of assets and not to say that there aren't talent uh, talented receivers left or isn't talented uh, defensive player player left in free agent frenzy it's just it's almost like a downgrade based on what you're getting compared to what you've already lost so it's unfortunate that they that other teams have already had a leg up on montreal but as I said before, it's not going to make him, you know, ineligible for for uh, signing new free agents. It's just the quality of free agents that uh, they've already lost out on. That's it's going to make, uh, you know, playing in Montreal a little bit difficult uh, in the 2023 season. I guess the only other question I really have for you, because I know you're a little bit of a Bomber fan. Uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit, eh? Uh, nevertheless, uh what do you think across the border? What is Saskatchewan up to? Do you think they're doing the right things by solidifying this offensive line? And 
is Winnipeg even caring about what Saskatchewan's up to? Because we seen last week that our last year that Saskatchewan kind of collapsed. I honestly, the way that Winnipeg operates is kind of like the blueprints of what Calgary's uh, was operating and how they operated, where they just operate within and they don't really focus on too much what other organizations. At least that's that's from my interpretation. As far as Saskatchewan. I don't know if the moves that they made are the right moves. Um, Peter Gopper is a, a, a fantastic signing, but I don't know if that is the right move. Um, but, uh, you know, to answer your question, I don't, you know, is, is, I mean, internally there's probably rumblings, but externally, I don't really know if Winnipeg really cares what the other eight teams, much less Saskatchewan's doing. Um, but with Saskatchewan, they, they had to make moves. And if they didn't do anything on the offensive line, whether or not it actually made them worse, um, those are moves that you had to make. And then to satisfy at least the 7 million or so rider nation as to, uh, as to what they, they try to say, that's what they sound like. But that, that was my bomber, uh, my, uh, my bomber nitpicking about uh, rider nation being everywhere. Yeah, they are everywhere. Um, I'm going to go back to Montreal. I, f- I find it interesting. Fajardo now with oh sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> one year old in the background has his opinions on Fajardo. I don't know if we can quite have that. You might have to bleep that out. That was baby talk for some swears there. But Fajardo going back with Moss that seems uh, insane with how things ended last year. But what's your thoughts on that? Well, as far as I know, is that Moss was a huge fan of Fajardo. Uh, now, whether or not he'll have success with Fajardo, he'll have a better offensive line than he did Fajardo had last year. The problem with Fajardo is, is he at the age where, you know, can he go back to his 2019 form? Um I, I just I, I just don't know. And I don't know if he'll have the weapons available. I mean, right now it looks like uh, Reggie White is back. He'll have, uh, oh, man, uh, I can't remember the, the names, uh, the the twin, Tyson. Uh, Tyson Philpott. Yeah, Tyson Philpott. He'll have him back in the fold. Uh, William Stanback will hopefully be a little bit more healthier this year. Um, so, I mean, Cody Vajardo is somewhat set up for success in um, in Montreal. It's just that whether or not Montreal will have Cody Vajardo set up for success, if that if that makes sense to you. But I I I don't think that it's more of a relationship between Fajardo and and Jason Moss. I think that they both respect each other. I based on what I read, it has there has nothing to do with whether or not they they get along. I think they get along fantastic. Um, it is going to be kind of neat to see Jason Moss just freak out and say part of my French. And in, in reality, you know, being in Quebec, it actually might be taken literal. Um, but he's not going to be as mobile because I think that offensive line in Montreal is a little bit more stable. Um, so it will be interesting to see. I, if I was Montreal, if I was Danny Mac, I there's one receiver, and I'm not, you know, within the last ten minutes that I would actually go after. And that's Rasheed Bailey. I think that he would solidify that that the intermediate uh, that game that Fajardo really shined on in 2019. And if they're smart, that would be the move that I would make. 
Yeah, Rashid Bailey, 729 yards, receiving nine touchdowns for him. Started the year slow, but finished it off really strong there as well. You were talking about Alouette's wide receivers. The biggest new addition for them being Greg Ellingson at the wide receiver position from the Bombers coming over there. Uh, one thing we have to, uh, I think, talk about when we talk about free agency that we haven't touched on much yet today is the whole NFL negotiation window aspect of things as well, because you know, we did an episode a couple of weeks ago talking about guys on NFL tryouts, and there was a long list of names, and Nathan Rourke was the big one, obviously, that everybody had their eyes on, and he's going south. There's a couple other guys, you know, that have signed contracts down there, but it seems a lot of these guys have gone for workouts. We thought maybe they were going to go away, uh, and then now it looks like they're coming back. You know, the biggest ones on that list, probably Dalton Schoen in Winnipeg and Keon Schaefer-Baker in Saskatchewan, both sticking with their teams. Uh, Adam, I know you got to run here shortly, so I'm going to throw it to you here super quick first. Uh, what do you make of guys like this uh, not sticking the NFL and all of a sudden being back with their clubs for this year? How big of a move is that? Almost more so than a new signing. Well, for me, I think it's a uh, it's a huge uh, disappointment for those players. I mean, they they want made the opportunity if they could make money in the NFL and play in the NFL and get good time in the NFL, that's worth anything to do that. So I feel bad for them that they didn't really get an opportunity or get an, even a contract offered to them. I mean, especially Schaefer Baker, who had I think it was twelve or thirteen teams try him out. So yeah, kind of surprising. But that being said their teams in the CFL. I mean, the Rough Riders need a number one receiver, as we heard from Steven just earlier on here. Uh, I still think that Schaefer Baker could be that number one receiver. Plus, he's also Canadian, which really helps that uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders receiving core. That being said, on the other side, Dalton Schoen last year, I mean, what else can you say about him? He was the league rookie of the year for a reason. He was absolutely dominant every time he touched the football and really, as most NFL teams said, really uh, caught on to the waggle really quick in Canada. That could be one of the really dominant receivers in the league going forward. And if Winnipeg can get him long-term, look out. Winnipeg is going to be one of those teams with an already stacked receiving core that could really, really do some damage. Dalt, what do you think on, on this? Uh, I, I mean, at best, I could just say Dino. Uh, just to stretch on that is that I'm I'm completely uh, amazed that uh, Schaefer Baker didn't have more workouts and, and didn't stick in the NFL. I thought, I think he's got the uh, like almost the perfect size uh, for NFL tight end. Almost. Um, uh, it, it, I mean, I could understand Dalton Show not sticking on the you know his size his. Um, you know, as, as people have, have already mentioned, uh, the waggle is might be something that he has uh, has maybe taken advantage of in the CFL. What I'm looking forward to is, yeah, it's a it's a pretty stacked receiving core. But how much uh, of of Dalton's shown success can he maintain as he's not going to be the number one guy or even the number two guy in Winnipeg, he, you know, because of guys like Nick Dembski and Kenny Lawler, Dalton shown may actually be the number three guy in Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, I mean, given the weapons, Carlton Agadosi, you know, coming back hopefully from that freak injury, uh, Drew Wolitarski. I don't know if you guys saw my 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 premier Photoshopping skills uh, last week. Zach, Zach Kalaros has got a couple of, uh, he's got a brand new uh, set of toys that he's got to play with at his disposal. And, you know, 
we like to say that Dalton Schoen could probably reciprocate or duplicate his uh, his rookie year, but given the amount of uh, the times or the amount of receivers that uh, Zach Laros has available to his disposal, I'd be – Kenny Lawler probably would be the best bet to, to be their only 1,000-yard uh, receiver, but I wouldn't say – if I'm a betting man, I'd say Schoen and maybe Dembski would be close to that 1,000 yards as that ball is going to be spread very evenly in that receiving core in Winnipeg. Adam, I know you got to run here. you got a busy work day for you. I appreciate you hopping in here throughout the day still as well. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter or elsewhere if they uh, want to get more of your free agency takes? Well, they can find me at Adam Stewart one. Usually either you'll see uh, CFL stuff. You'll see a lot of senior hockey being talked about right now in Saskatchewan for me. And uh, of course, some farm stuff. So you can find me over at Adam Stewart one or farm in Saskatchewan, whichever one you're looking for. I know pretty generic, but hey, that's uh, that's the way we roll sometimes. And uh, Trey, you keep that hat on. That's all I can say. Will do, buddy. You got to tell me my points and the... Uh... In that pick them when next time you see them. Last time I checked, you were tied for fourth, which is ridiculous. <clears throat> Let's go. I, no idea about Saskatchewan senior hockey, but sometimes somehow I'm winning the playoff pool. So let's go. <laughs> Resident betting expert train will take any will take any opportunity to uh, to go in on a bracket challenge. All right, Adam, we'll let you go here. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you uh, pretty regularly going forward, of course, on the Canadian Football Countdown, one of our mainstay hosts. All right, we'll say goodbye to Adam for now. And, uh, well, let's continue talking about the moves that have been made so far in free agency. I, I believe I have our free agent tracker up to date. I mean, it's hard to stay on top of it fully. I'm going to scroll through some of the most recent transactions here. We talked about Thomas Costigan signing with the defense on the defensive line with the Argos. Sean Bain at wide receiver for Saskatchewan. Caleb Evans at quarterback for Montreal is big one as their backup there to Cody Fajardo. Couple of offensive linemen there for the Riders, Philip Blake, Peter Godberg. Uh, the Calgary Stampeders signing Julian Hauser to a, uh, well, we don't know how long yet, but signing him to a contract for this upcoming season. Kind of the only big move the Stampeders have made thus far. I know we're going to talk a little more about them later on. Uh, but we did have some comments in the chat here. So uh, let's go to you, Daltz. Uh, you know, Dave Dickinson taking over as general manager this season for the Stampeders. Do you, what, did you expect any different of an approach than what John Huffnagel has? Uh, and are you, I was going to say, are you surprised by the lack of inactivity from them? But are you more surprised by the fact that they actually have activity today? Um. I am surprised and I'm not. And I know that, uh, you know, my, my co-host, Tony Allen, who is a hardcore Calgary Stampeders fan, like, when we did the, the memoriam for the Calgary Stampeders last year, is that we thought, you know, one of the things that Calgary has done, like you said, is that they're, they, they recruit more than they dip into the free agent pool, which is good. Except for Calgary, they, that, that motto, it, it, only la- it can only last for so long. Um, you know, and I, and I, you know, their last playoff victory was the Grey Cup in 2018. Since then, they've been one and done in the semifinals, and they haven't really looked particularly good doing it. So something had to change. And especially this year, Calgary's lost so many players. It almost seems like they've lost more than they, they, they've been accustomed to. 
that they were kind of expected to make a deep, deep uh, splash into the free agent pool. Julian Hauser, you know, is is a very hard nosed type player that that comes in and replaces, possibly replaces uh, Sean Lemon and uh, I can't pronounce his name, but whoever uh, the formula uh, who uh, who signed with uh, with Toronto. I expect a couple of bigger. I'm not in bigger fish, but I, I expect a couple more moves for Calgary, if not today, tomorrow. But that's. But that's just, I mean, that's just from an outsider perspective who like, may or may not be on location in Calgary at this point. Uh, I'll leave that to, to, to the discretion of, to the mind of to, uh, people's imagination. But I, what I would do if I was Calgary is I would just be a little bit more inactive or a little bit more active in free Asia because you just kind of have to. You just can't rely on the recruiting process sometimes. So to answer your question, am I surprised? that they're not as active, yes, because of the reasons I just uh, laid out, but I'm also not surprised because that just seems to be their MO. And uh, before Ryan comes onto the program, I'll just say that uh, there's no way that Calgary owes 18-0 this year. No way. <laughs> or watch, this is the year it finally happens. <laughs> uh Trey, what do you think about what we, where we're at? We're halfway through the day right now. We're, uh, you know, uh, well, a bit over halfway through the day here on Free Agent Frenzy. We've seen some moves come in. Are, are you impressed with what we've seen done so far? Are you waiting for more big names to drop here? Uh, where, where, let's check in with you and see where you're at here. Um, halfway through the day. Yeah, I think that the teams that traditionally make moves and needed to make moves have. And, you know, I think there's a lot of teams that we got a lot of the news over the last week because of the tampering period. And I, I still don't know how the Bombers got Lawler. Like that, that's going to, I'm going to be scratching my head for years, especially if he's getting that big catch, touchdown catch and great cup in Hamilton this year. I'll be like, well, thank God for him. But how do we manage that? Um, but other than that, you know, the teams are doing what they need to do. I think Hamilton's doing great now having the great cup you know what they signed both to the full four years or oh, three years right three years i don't know if you got him for three but you know we got him for this i think he'll be decent this year probably next year you're taking full advantage of that ottawa looks like you know knock on wood might win a home game this year um toronto looks decent montreal i don't want to talk about montreal until we actually see what happens there and then the west is always going to be the west right you never Calgary being quiet might be more scary than anything. It's like what they have in the pipeline that we don't know about, right? You know, and things of that nature. And I, I so my real big question mark in the West is Saskatchewan. And I, for Adam's sake, I hope he doesn't have another year that he had to live through like last year. But at the same time, I, there's not a lot of room for Saskatchewan to sneak through because I think Winnipeg and BC are still going to be the big dogs and Calgary you can never count out. And Again, you can't count out Chris Jones in Edmonton, right? So, man, it needs to be June, right? You know, <laughs> that's always said, like, whatever that CFL motto is, is it June yet? Like, right now, I really, the weather's getting nice. Where's football, man? And the uh, Super Bowl just ended. I, I'm not watching FFU at the I need football, man. We can watch in March when the XFL eventually folds again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then, and then you'll never hear The Rock talk about it again. He's like, oh, I actually wasn't involved, you know, or, or he'll <laughs> shut it down like he did with Warner Brothers, man. Like, oh, my God. 
Well, that's something that's obviously coming up in conversations a lot now, too, is players exploring these other leagues also. I mean, we just had to go to Brukop is going to go sign in the USFL instead. Probably the biggest question mark is what is McLeod Bethel Thompson going to do? Is he going to sign USFL, XFL, or come back to the Argos? How much of an impact do you think, Daltz, that these uh, these additional leagues popping up are having on free agency decisions for some of these guys? You know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to say, see, the talent level sometimes based, you know, the, the players that actually are going towards the USFL or the XFL, those type of players are replaceable. So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're taking guys who have experience in the CFL. And as much as I'd like to have them because they are, they are character guys, it's not affecting the CFL as much as I think the, a lot of naysayers would have you to believe, because there's always that next guy, that next guy coming up, right? So it's uh, it's you know, like if you're talking, let's say you know, you know, a receiver, like a fourth receiver on a CFL, I I don't know if any team is going to miss that that fourth checkdown receiver because they probably already have that uh, that similar player on their practice roster or uh, on their suspended list or what have you. And then they already have that that next guy up to uh, to, to replace that said player. If we're talking starting quarterback going down to those leagues, then we're having we're having this conversation about how how serious we need to take those two leagues. But as of now, I'm not really concerned with the XFL or the USML. And to be honest, a league that only operates during the spring in the XFL and a, a league that has folded twice. I'm not too sure how much, uh, how much concern a lot of people should have with that league. Oh, wrong button. My only, my only worry with the XFL was because of the rock, you know, like, cause he's a name and mm-hmm. I have a seven year old kid who plays Fortnite, and he, that's the only reason why he knows the rock. Right. So, you know <laughs> what I mean? There's, there's, and then now it opens up his movies. And once, if my kid found out that the rock owns a football league, well, you know, that, that, that was my only worry was the rock being involved in it. But I kind of agreed too until that quarterback, I thought Bo might be the guy where the rock, you know, the rock knows about the CFL, throw money at a guy like that, Bo or Bethel Thompson, get that name down there. So something they can advertise, right? Great cup champion, Bethel Thompson now in the XFL, but until that actually happens, they don't have anything, right? They just got a bunch of, bunch of guys who aren't good enough for the CFL or the NFL trying to find a spot, right? So it'll be interesting to see, you know. There was talk. I think Chris Jones said he found it tough, but I mean, Chris Jones is going to say crap anyway, right? So, <laughs> but uh, Mike or Ryan, you know, you got your first taste of NFL this year, really, you know, being a fan. Ryan, what do you think about these spring leagues, you know, and more four down football for you to not watch? Well, I don't know. I might check out a bit of it here and there, but uh, I did actually check out a little bit of the USFL uh, when it came back last season. I was intrigued by it. I, you know, I like seeing leagues where uh, the guys aren't making a hundred million dollars. You know, where they're actually playing hard for their jobs and stuff like that. So, you know, more football is is better football, right? The more football there is, yeah, it'll mean some of the talent is dispersed, but there means there could be an influx of talent from the USFL or XFL coming to the CFL one of these days as well. So I am very excited. Uh, I'm excited to see how it all works out. And you know what? They've tried so many times. I'll be positive here. I hope they succeed one of these times with bringing back the XFL here. Uh, Dalt, I know we're almost out of time here with you today. we got to let you go here shortly. 
Uh, so thanks for taking the time to join us here. Uh, I guess quickly, what's the what? What are you watching next coming forward here uh, in CFL free agency? What's the big name you're looking to see where they go? And then also uh, tell everybody where they can find your podcast and everything else you've got going on. Yeah, uh, I mean, if we want to keep this bomb related, I think they really need to uh, to get that defensive tackle position uh, solidified. Maybe get a big name. Uh, when I say a big name, the name of Tim Bonner, uh, the name of Mike Moore, who was just released by uh, Montreal last week or a couple of days ago. Those are names that I kind of expect to, to be added to Kyle Walters' uh, speed dial anytime soon. Um, the biggest name that really stands out there, and I'm really surprised that uh, we haven't really heard anything, is Darnell Sankey, who's uh, eventually going to leave Saskatchewan. The name, the the team I kind of hear is uh, is Calgary going back to Calgary as it kind of makes sense. They have uh, they have the holes there, they have the money available. Um, that that makes sense, and uh, and possibly possibly maybe even Montreal. Uh, they might have that option available for Darnell Sankey, but uh, that, that's that's my that's uh, that's my prediction. But uh, as far as where you can find me, obviously, if you if you see me now, you probably know where you can find myself. Uh, podcast at Rouge Radio. Tony and I are going to get uh, dust off the old mic next week to go through all the uh, all the free agent frenzy signings. Uh, talk about uh, possibly the USFL and the XFL. Uh, the podcast is available through any of your podcast uh, applications. Tune in, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Apple. Uh, as well as on YouTube, as we're uh, we're doing the same way thing uh, you guys are doing. We're doing everything through video, having everything on the live screen on YouTube, and uh, as well as I've got a couple more trade trees to come up with uh, that will should be released on uh, YouTube, and even a couple of old ones that I'm uh, going to redo because uh, I've been fact checked. So that'll be new in a couple of days. Yes, make sure to check that out, everybody. And final super quick question for you, probably the most important one here today. It's currently one degree Celsius in Winnipeg. You're outside. I, I see a toucan. I see a jacket. Are the jorts on display? I knew you were going to ask that. Uh, no, the jorts are put away until uh, until it's consistent uh, plus degree ter- uh, territory in Winnipeg. And, uh, I saw the weather forecast for Thursday. It's going to be a low of minus 19 and a high of minus 12. So I think it's safe to say that the jorts will be uh, in storage until uh, mid-March. Right on. Well, of course, uh, most important time of the year when you break those out. So uh, we look forward to that. We look forward to everything you've got going on with your podcast. Thanks again for taking the time to join us. We'll let you go here and enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the rest of the CFL free agency. Will, will do. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. As we say goodbye to Robert Dalton from Rouge Radio, we have another guest waiting in the wing here, ready to go with us for the next hour i believe he's here to join us uh, so let's bring him in from the turf district over in at, at edmonton it's the great andrew hoskins is here andrew how are you doing today hello thanks for having me on guys i appreciate it yes i'm doing okay i'm actually super excited for free agency i know right like it's uh i have a reason to be excited this is the you know we don't always get that here so right now we're <laughs> yeah it's well, the most uh, most exciting time in the CFL season. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's what's a salary cap? We're fine. Let's just forget it. Let's bring everybody in and make it all happen. I, I mean, hey, we've we've had a couple of years where we haven't been able to uh, cheer at all. So I'll I'll 
I'll take all the good things that are happening today. Yes, well, let's, we'll get into it here in a second. I'll pull up the free agency tracker. I'm just sorting something out here with it. Uh, but the Elks have been pretty busy here, and we expected that much after how things ended last season for them. Uh, most notably, it seems like they're overhauling the entire wide receiver core. Eugene Lewis, Kyron Moore, Stephen Dunbar, the biggest names coming in there. Uh, what do you think what the Elks have done so far at the position? Uh, well, so far, I'm pretty happy. Um, I, I, originally, when we heard that Kenny Lawler would be headed back to Winnipeg, which uh, is great for you guys, uh, the uh, you know, and and an amazing receiver, right? Um, but arguably, when you when you talk about Kenny Lawler going, you're thinking, okay, he's number one or two in the league as far as the receiver is concerned. Uh, I know Dalton Schoen obviously is up there as well, but uh, but the other one that you would come to mind is Eugene Lewis. So. Originally, when we thought he was leaving and it was only Stephen Dunbar coming in, we're thinking, okay, well, they're going to put some money somewhere else. And then Eugene Lewis comes up. And and if you're you're replacing Lawler and uh, what looks probably like uh, Darrell Walker with Eugene Lewis and Stephen Dunbar, that's pretty good trade off. I'm not really upset about that. I think uh, I think they're trying to trying new things and another year of uh, corn dog getting some practice and getting to where he needs to be. I think that's a, I think those are good steps. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, sorry, you mentioned corn dog and are you content with the receiving core or the, sorry, the quarterback uh, quarterbacks in that room right now? Uh, I am at this moment. And the reason that I am is because we saw, especially near the end of last season, uh, Taylor Cornelius taking some steps forward and, and he wasn't throwing the fourth quarter interception like he was before, uh, which was, I mean, for the first probably 10 games he played, it was almost a guarantee. You'd be like late third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter, there's going to be some horrible interception that is going to destroy the team. And as we got into the latter nine games of last year, that really seemed to clean up uh, and he started to use his feet a lot more, which we didn't really know he could run like that, but the guy runs like a gazelle might as well let him run, run out the ball. So um, I think he's shown some really good development under Jarius Jackson and I can see where they felt comfortable enough to give him the extension. So I, I'm okay with that. Um, and of course we have Trey Ford waiting in the wings who's still learning um, who had moments, you know, flashes of brilliance last year too. So I, I, I'm okay with where it is right now. I understand we're still growing. I, I don't want to go so far as to be like, yeah, well, that was, you know, Eugene Lewis is the last piece we needed and we'll see you all suckers. Like that's not going to happen. But I, I feel like we're taking the steps in the right way forward from where we were two, three years ago where it looked like we had all the talent on the team and they couldn't do anything, right? So uh, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Was it last year that the Elks in free agency, they had focused on the wide receiver slot also, but wasn't it last year where they had brought in the likes of Manny Arsenault, Caleb Hawley, and Darius Bowman, right? And we looked at it on free agency yep. is what is the Chris Jones madhouse we're looking at here? <laughs> yeah, which when of course, you know, a bunch of those didn't even get to camp, right? Like Darius Bowman never got there. Uh, he retired as an elk, which is great. Um, and and obviously Manny played a role. Uh, the, the other part that I, I really like with, and Manny being back this year, is you look at that leadership style, right? I think Manny is now another coach on the field and off the field 
which what had had a big impact last year when you when you look at guys like um Mitchell, Dylan Mitchell, and how he really kind of came out and had a bit of an, a coming out party at the end of last year. <clears throat> He's taking another step forward. He's still got the coaching on the sidelines, but we know with the coaching cap, you kind of got to have those guys that can be player coaches on and off the field. That's where Manny fits in. And, and so I think that there's a really big help for them right now to have those guys to help them through. Uh, obviously Eugene Lewis has been in the league for a bit now. So he, I believe this is his fourth year. Is that right? You probably know more than I do, Ryan. Um, so he's got some experience. Uh, Kyron Moore has had a bit of experience and he's had experience in the Chris Jones system. Um, Steven Dunbar has only been in for a couple of years. So they have that balance of, of guys that know what they're doing, guys that can be kind of those coaches, and then guys that are your your speedster guys that have been showing up and doing new things. So I think that's a that's a really good balance. And um I know we'll talk about other parts of the team, but right now I I quite like what they've done with the receiving core. And being that you can have Cornelius on a smaller contract as far as a quarterback is concerned, and Trey Ford, who is a legitimate backup at a at a rookie contract you you have the dollars to spend so I, I i think it's probably a good move to get that sorted out i mean we have some time here with you we have you for the full hour here i believe so we can go through it with the ups yep. a little more methodically than we can uh in a shorter time span so i think it makes sense to start off with taking a look at the guys they brought back from last year I'll scroll through it here on the screen here and i want to know who jumps out to you as a key piece that they managed to bring back for another season here i mean couple of guys at the running back position, rookies on the practice roster there. Manny Arsenault, you already touched on him a little bit, being brought back at wide receiver. Uh, yep. A couple of guys in the offensive line. Uh, defensive Actually, line. Before we go too far on the offensive line there, I think Martez Ivy is one that is a sneaky good re-signing. Um, and I only say that because he he was getting better as the season went on as well at that tackle position. And especially with Tony Washington retiring and we're always trying to find those young offensive tackles, American offensive tackles. I think he could play a role this year. So I, 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 I did actually like that re-signing the other guys not don't know as much about, of course, but, but for sure, Ivy does have a little bit of a role there for sure. Then we move on to the defensive side here. Jake Surtesna, Christian Rector, a big two on the defensive line. A defensive back, you've got Ed Ganey, Aaron Grimes, Raphael Leonard being brought back there as well. And uh, on special teams, Sergio Castillo, the big name being brought back at kicker there. Uh, anybody on the defense or special teams side that's uh, back for another season that's really key here to you? Well, you, you cannot talk about the Elks without talking about the, the job that they've done without talking about getting Jake Serezna back. Um, he's a monster in the middle of the line. Um, I was so excited to see him back on the team and, uh, and he, he wants to be here and make a difference and he excels in Chris Jones system. So um, I, I thought that's massive. Um, it's nice to have um, the re-signings with uh, like Ed Ganey and Grimes. Cause again, then you've got that, that leadership, that veteran guy in, in the defensive backfield. I'm, I'll be curious to see how Grimes is this year because he basically was off the entirety of last year with an injury. Um, and he is another year older. So uh, not that, I mean, 
older football terms, I understand, <laughs> says I, being way older than him. But I do, uh, I do think that uh, he could, if nothing else, he does provide that leadership in the background. But we'll see how he does when he's on the field and having to keep up with some of these younger dudes. Yeah, for sure. One of those interesting players that's been, you know, uh, didn't play last season due to injury, much like a Kwaku Boateng, who you're very familiar with oh, over yes. in Edmonton, going from Ottawa to Hamilton. I think that's a huge signing for Hamilton. Uh, now, I understand I am completely biased in the fact that I do love Kwaku, and he's a great guy in the community, um, but I still to this day will say he has one of the quickest off the line moves that I have seen, and I've seen a lot of defensive play. Um, and uh, you you get him paired with a guy like Teddy Laurent or um, Win Dylan Win. Um, boy, that's going to open up some channels for him, and uh, I I think he's going to have a big year, and 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 a Canadian at that. So um, I think that's a great signing for Hamilton. I want to ask a quick question here about Ante Milanovic Litre gets re-signed then gets cut what's your thoughts on uh, the move there by Chris Jones in the running back yeah not not my uh not my favorite move when you have a re-sign and then cut now the one thing i guess i will say is that i i appreciate the fact that at least they cut him right before free agency so he does it wasn't like he got to camp and then got cut he does have an ability to get on to another team earlier i i it was a bit of a surprise, but what I think is happening is, and my guess, I don't know this for sure. My guess is that they have some young American running back that they want to bring into the system. And we already know we've got Kevin Brown and we already know that he's going to likely be the starter on day one. Um, I, you have to think that they're bringing in somebody else. And they also released um, Malik Tyne at the same time. So it's, it's like they just moved away from the Canadian at the running back position and they're just going to go American there. And I think that was the big indicator for me that that's what they have in the plan. But um, I don't know who that is yet, uh, but I'm guessing that that's what the deal is. They can probably get cheaper that way with a, an American running back. James Wilder is also still under contract, it seems, at the running back position. He missed uh, most of the last season due to injury, was the starter there for a couple of years before that. I mean, it seems like Kevin Brown's the guy going forward here. I, I would hope so after the way we saw him play down the stretch last season. But where do you think Wilder factors into things here at the running back slot? Yeah, all, all of our fantasy rosters want Kevin Brown to play again. That's uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's a that's a guaranteed point right there. Um, but uh, you know, James Wilder, he was dealing with a neck injury last year, and. We don't know where he is in the recovery from that. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I, like, I don't know where he actually ends up. I, I I have a feeling that he either leaves the game or is on long-term injury reserve because the last I had talked to him, um, he was still, they had to wait for different swelling to go down and all those types of things before he could even see a doctor to try and make some plans. Um, and so there isn't really a, there, there wasn't a short-term solution to this issue. So, and the, of course the danger would be if he decided to play and then got hit the wrong way, that would really be bad. So, um, 
my guess is that we don't see James Wilder this year, um, which is unfortunate. I'd love to have him in the community because he's an amazing, energetic dude in the, in the community. Um, but I also don't want him to jump on a field and get hurt. So uh, I'm guessing that he is not a factor once we get to training camp. That's kind of what I was expecting as well. You know, a guy that's still under contract, but at the but at the same time, uh, will he be by the time we hit the field when the right. season starts there for them? Uh, let's go over to the subtraction side here for next and see who the Elks are going to be without that was under contract from last season. But first, a couple of breaking news signings to mention here. The BC Lions have signed offensive lineman Chris Schluger. Uh, spent the last couple of years with the Montreal Alouettes. And speaking of the Alouettes, looks like they've restructured uh, the contract of quarterback Davis Alexander to sign him to a one-year contract extension. The, the quarterback who, as of uh, 12 hours ago, was the only one on the roster for the team before they brought in Cody Fajardo <laughs> and uh, Caleb Evans there as well. So he'll be under contract through 2024. But uh, what, what do you what do you guys actually think? Of, can we just talk about that for just a second? What do yeah. you, what do you guys think of that combo in in Montreal? I I I was um, I can't say I was surprised. Um, on the other hand, when it was those two together, I thought, you know what? That's actually kind of an interesting combo um, of Fajardo and Evans. If if you use them the right way in the right situations, I think that that could be. A, a decent combo, uh, especially with Fajardo actually more likely to have a, a better O-line in Montreal. We've touched on Fajardo a bit already, uh, I think, but I don't know if we've had your take on Caleb Evans coming in as a backup, Trey. Uh, what do you think of this dynamic duo, uh, if you can call it that, uh, in Montreal? Uh, man, at this point, I don't know. I just hope the off-field stuff doesn't affect the on-field stuff more than it already has, and and actually, the um, when we had a Steve Stephen on from Piffles, sorry Stefan on, he made a point that like maybe Fajardo getting out of the light in Saskatchewan, where the only thing in Regina is the Rough Riders. Now he goes to Montreal, where you got the Habs, you got a soccer team, you know, you got a bunch of stuff other going on. He's not going to be the main focal point. I think that might be good for him. I just interested in to know how him and Moss are going to get along. But now adding Caleb hmm. Evans into that. I, you need more than the quarterbacks. And unfortunately, I don't know what else they have, you know, like, yeah, like you got, you got two decent guys. I'm sure they'll have passing yards, but outside of that, you know, a lot of players are leaving and they're the one team that hasn't been able to keep up to like the other three teams in the East. So, Oh man, I was all high on Montreal going into last year and then he's gone and you know, everything else is gone. And, you know, Gary Stern looked like, you know, the owner of the future and, you know, everything seemed to be going right. And now 20, if you told me that everything would blow up within a calendar year, I wouldn't have believed you. Right. You know, like it's ridiculous, but I, I hope that they put something together that duo. Like, I don't know. Like I, I made the joke last week when before it was official, who do you hate more, Dane Evans or Fajardo? Because that's whoever you hate more, you send them to Montreal, right? You know, and poor Fajardo is the one ended up there. And I actually thought Dane might end up there too, but I don't know with Caleb Evans there now. You're not going to, I don't, where does, no. that, that throws now, where does Dane Evans go? That's my bigger question because I only had a maybe backup for Montreal. Now where the heck does he go? Toronto, if, if Bethel Thompson goes down south or retires? Like, I have no idea, right? That's the bigger question I have. About the yeah, East. I, I agree. Is, is Dane, yeah, does Dane end up in Toronto? Or, or does or does Dane even, is is he backing up Harris in Saskatchewan? 
maybe like I, I I mean, it's all high inflection question mark. I have no idea, but I do know that um, you were talking about with Montreal and, and Caleb Evans coming in there. I, I'm, I'm not throwing Caleb Evans in there to throw 50 yard bombs. Like that's, that's not what he's really good at, but you have to line up at the two and push it over the line. Harris, uh, not Harris. Uh, Fajardo may be really good at getting them down to the five yard line. And then Caleb Evans can take over and get it in there. Uh, like they were doing with, uh, Dominic Davis before. Right. So I, I don't know. I, I'm curious how that combo, and, and at least they still have stand back too. Right. So they do have some, some threat of, of running on a number of levels. So I, it could be an interesting combo. I, I'm, I agree with you. I'm not sure. Obviously it wasn't as bad with Jason Moss as we thought because he's still joining a team where Moss is. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting combo. Sorry to derail the Elks talk, but I just, as you're talking about Montreal, that kind of raised that question for me. Oh, we're bouncing around all day long here. I mean, as things come in, we bounce around back and forth. We're trying to cover everything as it goes around. So uh, good to jump in and chat about that as well. Uh, just, uh, it also gave me some time to update our free agent tracker. Jordan in the chat pointing out, uh, I had a couple of running backs listed as Canadian there uh, for the Elks. Uh, Treyon Gray and Lexington Thomas were actually Americans. So like you were saying earlier, you know, maybe that's position the team's going American. So we will get that corrected on the chart, yep. put it back up here, and go back to taking a look at the subtractions for the team. I mean, Milanovic Litre, we discussed that one already. At wide receiver, you know, the, there's some big pieces on the way in that we've talked about and we'll discuss more, but there's also a couple big pieces on the way out. Kenny Lawler on the way out and Darrell Walker also. This is a guy who is you know, been synonymous with wide receivers in Edmonton. I know he went to Toronto for a bit there, but Darrell Walker, you think of him, you think of Edmonton wide receiver. Are you surprised they uh, couldn't get it done to bring either of these guys back here? Or do you think it's a case where the team maybe didn't want to bring them back for another season here? Uh, well, I think with Kenny Lawler that they did want to get him back. And I know they did have lots of conversations with him. So I, I know that that was you know that was on their list and i think when they thought well it doesn't look like we can get this done the way we want then they were talking to gino so my my guess is that's kind of how that fell down um as far as darrell walker is concerned um i think the biggest thing is and, and you can look on the chart there you know he's age 32 um and is he that much different than Stephen Dunbar Jr., who probably comes at about the same cost, maybe a little less, depending on what Walker is acting asking for, and um, younger, right? So I, I think that might have been a bit of the direction is how do we, can we get somebody who is similar and and Walker the last two years has not been the Walker of 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. So um, can we find a guy that fills that same role and maybe does it a bit better? Maybe a younger guy who's learning a little bit, maybe a guy who can come in and and learn from Manny and and kind of, you know, expand. I think they might have actually made that decision beforehand to be like, let's see if we can find that younger guy. And I think they did in Dunbar. Another signing to announce that uh, just came in, defensive back Jamal Roll, uh, going from the Hamilton Tiger Cats to the Montreal Alouettes. So we've talked a lot Ooh. about the ownership situation there for Montreal and you know the focus on the offense, but they're making a couple of key moves on the defensive side there also. So 
I don't know who in the boardroom is the one signing off on these moves necessarily right now. Maybe it's Randy Ambrose himself. Uh, probably not, but uh, another move there for the Alouettes. Uh, we'll take another look here at some more the subtractions for the Edmonton Elks. Uh, Tony Washington, he's been in the league since 2011, officially retiring mm-hmm. from the CFL. A pretty good career there for him. Absolutely. Uh, Along the defensive line here, Tim Bonner is a free agent. McKenna Henry, these are uh, S.A. Mirabre. These are all guys that have played, you know, uh, meaningful pieces over the past uh, little bit here. Uh, linebacker, uh, Dion Lacey, Toby Antigua, seemingly two of the biggest uh, names on that list, I would say. Defensive back, your favorite guy here, Trey, Deron Carter. Uh, oh, yeah. Subtraction. Uh, do we see him landing anywhere, or is the, uh, the football career officially over? Oh, I, I, I think I think the football career is over. I think he's going to coach somewhere or carry on in, in another role somewhere. But, um, but you know, I, he was he was always nice to us on the sidelines as fans, like when we were you know, you'd pay her on and you chat with you or whatever, but I mean, yeah, it's not a safety. And so I, 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 I mean, we have Scott Hutter who's Canadian and he's an amazing safety. So I, I was, I wasn't upset by that move. Let's just put it that way. Um, as going back a little bit though, you were talking, um, like linebacker as well. It's like, well, Dion Lacey didn't really play that much. Trey Watson actually didn't play that much. Uh, the only one on there that it was a little bit of a surprise to me was Brady Sheldon. Now he only had played a few games, but I thought he did make an impact on that linebacking core. But the the hope there is that Niles Morgan is healthy for the year and and he makes a huge difference uh, in the linebackers. And on the offensive line, um, Steven Nielsen was a bit of a surprise for me. So I'm kind of curious as to where we're going to have our global player from. <laughs> so Because right now we only have a kicker. So uh, I don't know if there's some plan in that for when the global draft comes because we don't have much in the way of a, a global player. So that should be rather interesting for this year. Just a, something of note. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, we talked about free agency. There's still the Canadian draft. There's still the global draft. There's the supplemental draft, whatever that is uh, to come yet. I never really understand <laughs> the ins and outs of that, if I'm being honest. That's fair. Yeah, I, I don't either. It's like, oh, we got another guy. Great. Okay. Um, Someone's great great grandmother was Canadian, so they're fine now. You know, that's what it seems to be. Yeah, it's like a, a side note or something. But uh, uh, but you have to give up a draft pick to get them, and and that's why we have guys like um, uh, Jamin Pelly, right? We we picked him up in the supplemental draft last year, and that that guy is set up. Now, granted, he did declare himself for the NFL draft, uh, but if he's still here that guy set up to have a monster year in a second year because he he he's a big dude so, um they're promoting him like crazy the team is so i sure hope that means he's going to be here <laughs> and then have him and as a canadian and and Ceresna up the middle uh with now um uh, ac leonard on one wing for sure um yeah that's that that, that could be a lot of a lot of oomph coming in uh, uh through the back file uh through this defensive line i mean yeah no because i believe the waller toski from the bombers was a supplement draft pickup too and it's only because his mom's canadian or something so they right give the, they give it so it's a weird thing and but uh 
whatever whatever expands the game. Actually, I was going to talk about AC Leonard because I feel like just our previous show before him going from signing in Edmonton, I said that's the guy what I would tell Winnipeg to go get and get in the fold. What's your thoughts on him now going from one green team to the other? Um, sorry, you're talking with Kyron Moore. I was reading or something. AC else. Leonard. Sorry, AC, AC Leonard. Leonard. Yeah, yeah. Um, AC Leonard. Uh, I mean, we one of the things that we needed to improve this year was the was the rush ends like we we needed to get some improvement in there i think that was kind of a surprise that he came free and he already we already know he excels in jones's defensive system so i was very happy to get him here i just hope that he has learned to not get upset when they tell him to do a drug test that's my only thing i'm would be worried about but other than that uh i mean hey he can ever since they turned him from a fullback slash slot receiver to a defensive end the guy's been a monster so i i'm not upset about that at all i have one more sorry i have one more because as a i'm a lifelong bomber fan and i enjoyed the years of chris jones being in saskatchewan and always getting fined (laughs) for cheating and you know this and that and you know the, the whole thing how is it to have your fan or your team be a chris jones team like how is it actually being a fan of that well okay so here's the thing is that i I was a fan of it when he was here in 2014 and 15. Right. And then he left and I hated his guts because he left. I don't think he left the right way. I don't think he, he did it properly by the team and by the fans. And I get it for himself. Makes sense. But for me, uh, that was a little upsetting. Um, And then I was quite happy for him to tank. Saskatchewan, <laughs> like, like uh, oh, you keep having all these issues, and that's great, and that type of thing. Um, I think one of the differences here this time around, and now when they hired him, I, I wasn't it wasn't my favorite choice because I understood the reasoning that he could do head coach and GM, um, and my worry was that it, you know another offer comes up and away he goes. Um, but having G Roy here as the assistant GM makes that a little bit better. Having Victor as the president makes it a little bit better because there is no room for any of those. Don't make that move. That's going to make us look bad. Do you know what I mean? Like they, I think they've actually kind of, there's a good balance there. So you don't get those issues as much and last year we really didn't see any of the 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 main issue that people had with chris jones last year was man can he just have a lineup because it just every guy comes in and goes out and comes in and goes out but they were using last year and we knew this at the beginning as basically a full year training camp to find those guys and stick them in place and then they had more injuries than we have seen in a long time in one team and so I remember talking to him about that as we were getting to the Labor Day game. And even uh, Coach Jones was like, yeah, like I, I've, I've never seen injuries like this. Like I, I don't, he goes, I, I want to have a stable lineup and I think we have the guys, but they keep getting hurt. Like there's just nothing like, how, how do we, how do we do that? So it's, I think he kind of has turned the corner on that where you're not getting as much of the off field stuff that is a, um, or, you know, the poor decisions for, for how you manage people on the field. Um, and so now I'm, a, I'm a little more of a believer after, especially after talking to him a couple of times, you're like, okay, yeah, you do have a plan. And 
I, I may not like everything that you do, but I'm any head coach, you're not going to like everything he does. You may be like, yeah, okay, that's good. And, and this is just the way you manage it. And as long as we get towards having some success, great. And the turtleneck is legendary, right? You know, Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, we all want the black turtleneck. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I got to. Got to try and get one of yeah, those. Yeah, you got to get some branded ones with the logo on it. Come right? On, yeah, I know. I got, I got to really work. A, actually, oh, that's a great idea. I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just get the, the turf district and then have a black turtle, like that stretchy turtleneck. It'll be perfect. Okay. I'll send you my I'll send you my mailing address for all Beautiful. royalty fees at this okay, point. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I'll, yes, I'll I give you the royalty fee of whatever the percentage of zero is. I'm happy to <laughs> give it to you. That's not a problem. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a break in a couple of minutes here uh, just to reset things near the top of the hour. But uh, let's close out the Elks talk. And then when we come back, we'll take a look at some of the stuff from around the league as well. Uh, some big name signings. We talked about the three at wide receiver, Eugene Lewis, Stephen Dunbar, Kyron Moore. Talked about AC Leonard coming in on the defensive line at linebacker. Eli Menser, Kevin Francis seemed to be additions. Blue Chess Purifoy was let go by the BC Lions. That, to me, is a massive one at defensive back. And uh, Ken in the YouTube chat letting us know the Elks just announced the signing of Josiah St. John on the offensive line that we have not updated the free agent tracker with here Uh I guess what are you happy with what the Elks have done so far overall in free agency and kind of what do you see as their focus being moving forward throughout uh, the rest of the day and the coming weeks here? Uh, I'm happy with the positions that they've worked on. They've worked on getting some, you know, some DB help uh, a little bit with uh, when you talk about Luches Purifoy, uh, big name. They've worked on some of the the rush ends like AC Leonard, which is what they needed. Um, they've obviously overhauled the receiving core, but tried to match, you know, level for level for guys coming in. So I, I'm okay with that. Um, if there was one question mark that I had, it, it was a a global player, and B, and probably more importantly. Who, who else is coming in on the offensive line? Because um, it, although getting better, it was still a week. And I, I don't think Josiah St. John is a guy that's going to, um, you know, bump out any of our starters uh, on the offensive line at this particular moment. Um, we really need to see, you know, Tomas Jack Cordilla have a move forward year. Is he ready to take on that starting guard role? Um I, th I think those are the things that I have a bit of question mark on. So um, I'll be curious to know what they do as far as bringing in somebody on that side. That that would be where I'd hope the next bit of work would be is, is in that area. Um, I did see in the chat too, they were talking about uh, adding a linebacker uh, because we have Morgan McConzo Francis. Um, but we also uh, it, on the linebacker side, um, I mean, let's, um, we can't forget Adam Konar and he had a big year last year. Like he was all over the field. So, um, you know, Konar is still in there. Um, Apollon is still around who played some games last year. And Matthew Thomas is there who was almost like a, uh, they, for a while there, they played a bit of a three, four defense and Matthew Thomas was that outside linebacker. And he, you know, definitely disturbed, uh, in the backfield. So, I don't know that they need a, a ton more depending on how they're going to set up on if they're going to do that balance of four, three and three, four. Um, but I, I, I don't think they need a ton more on the, on the linebacker side of things. 
All right, we're going to take a quick two-minute break here. You'll see the uh, We'll Be Right Back screen pop up. We will uh, put some music on, be back in about three minutes here. Then we'll get to your, your take, Andrew, on some of the other things going on around the CFL because we have you here for about another 20 minutes or so, correct? Or Fantastic. Yes, we're all good to go. Awesome. Uh, as we kick off our number six here on Canadian Football Countdown CFL Free Agent Frenzy, uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. 